I don't really have any problem with people opening up to me. So that's probably the reason why, whereas before I definitely, you know, people did not feel like they could speak to me, but I don't really pay attention to that per se, you know, because I'm just there for other people. So what comes to me and and the game that I play is just really like, what does this person need to hear in this moment that's going to help them? But now that you say that, yes, it most definitely helps people. It just, it makes them feel safe. You're listening to The Leader's Lab with Dr. Charity TV. Welcome to The Leader's Lab, the podcast created to help millennial multi-passionate entrepreneurs build organize, launch, and manage their online brands and businesses without losing balance. And now, here's your host, the digital organization development consultant, cross-cultural communications specialist, and your favorite global leader, Dr. Charity C. Campbell. Hey, 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 entrepreneur leaders. Happy Wednesday. And welcome to another episode of the Leaders Lab podcast. If you are new here, my name is Dr. Charity C. Campbell, and I am your host, better known as Dr. C. I am a doctor of management, a world-class millennial global leader, an academic professional, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Here in the Leaders Lab, we talk all things entre-leadership, where we take entrepreneurship and leadership concepts and we marry the two together. We also discuss your communication skills and balance as a millennial professional. And for today's episode, we have a very special guest here who is going to be helping us to um, discuss in detail, or I guess I should say uncover and understand perfectionism and going with the flow, the power of vulnerability, and the power of expression, meaning like using your voice to invoke your reality with clarity and ease. And so our very special guest today is Alara Sage, and she is a teacher, a mentor, and a healer. She works with the courageous, those who are willing to show up and who deeply desire to live an authentic, creative, pleasurable, and fulfilled life. With over 15 years of training and experience, she can hone in on individuals and assist them to unlock their full potential. Using her methodology, she helps people to bridge the gap between conceptual understanding of mind, body, and spirit and the true embodiment of higher levels of consciousness. She lives what she teaches and shares from her own experiences. She is courageous, authentic, and powerful, yet tender and compassionate. Her clients tell her that she has a unique way of seeing life that allows her to express in a way that they can relate to easily. They feel seen by her and connect easily to what she teaches. So without further ado, Entre Leaders, please help me to welcome to the lab none other than Alara Sage. Welcome to the Leaders Lab, love. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. What a glorious (laughs) introduction. (laughs) Listen, we are very happy to have you here with us in the lab. Um, And we're fortunate, we're fortunate that you were able to take out time to be with us. And so, you know, I want to start off just by asking you the question that I've asked most entrepreneurs, like, how did you get started? You know, what was your starting point to, to getting to the woman who you are today? 
Mm, it's a it's such a broad question, but you know, <laughs> I, I would say <laughs> one of my big points that specifically to the woman I am today is uh, I really went off of my path. And I always okay. say that one of the best things we can do is lose who we are because we, when we really start to understand who we are again, it, it, we deepen into that. We really anchor into that. And so, yeah, there was many years that I kind of felt purposeless and mm -hmm. really lost my direction. I actually became very physically ill Wow. I just realized I was not in going in the right direction. And mm -hmm. so I actually left my marriage at the time and just did a massive pivot, a massive shift. And, uh, you know, of course it always takes a lot of courage, but it was so rewarding and of course, transformational. So what led you to going from there to being, you know, this coach, this consultant, this mentor, this teacher, this healer? It's kind of a funny story because I was an animal communicator. Um, okay. I was with horses years ago. They started, it's just, I used to do physical therapy on horses, like work on their body. Okay. And then all of a sudden I'm being taught by light beings, basically how to do energy work on horses. So I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing now. I'm doing energy and healing work on the horses. And then next thing I know, I'm communicating with the horses. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm communicating <laughs> with the horses now. And I started wow. an animal communication business where I was doing everything over the phone. And then one day, my higher self told me, you're going to start working with people. And I was like, no, I'm okay with animals. I'll just stick to the mm -hmm. animals. <laughs> and uh, wow. sure enough, that's exactly what happened. In my next couple of sessions, all of the awareness went to the owners. And I just started working with people. So. Wow. So we have a real life, like horse whisperer, animal whisperer. <laughs> yes. yes, I right have now. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what, what, what was, did you notice that maybe there was a difference between the connection with you and animals that you were able to communicate with and you and, and, you know, the humans, the people, was there like a difference in the communication or the connection that you had when you started working with them? I mean, definitely. I was initially much more connected to animals. Wow. They felt safe to me. You know, I felt like I could just be me and, um, I've always felt really safe with animals. So wow. that's why I was kind of surprised when I heard that I was going to be working with people and I was kind of like, no, I I'm okay. <laughs> but now it was out I of your, definitely it. out of your comfort zone, <laughs> definitely out of your comfort zone. And how long ago was that? How many years ago was that? Um, that was in two, that 2010. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So now we're in what, 2022. Yeah. And so about 12 years you've been um, in your current role or position. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so um, as, you know, as a mentor and as a teacher and as a healer, what, what is like the primary pain point that you see most of your clients um, or your students come to you with? Mm. Usually they, they don't really trust themselves. You know, they, wow. they, most of my clients have some level of intuition, but okay. they, they, and they can feel it and they kind of like know what there's, you know, what that intuition is leading them to or telling them, mm -hmm. but they, mm -hmm. they don't have the full trust to be able to say, that's my intuition. And that's exactly what I need to do. Wow. So how do you work with them to get 
do you get past that or do you like, mm-hmm. cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to say, how mm-hmm. do you work with them to get past that? If it's not really ever something that you get past, you know, um, how do you work with them to, what's the word that I should use with it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> is it solve, fix, or, you it's know, kind of like deepen. That's what I say. Deepen their self-trust. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because definitely, um, you know, self-doubt and doubt is, I think it's a very po- powerful thing to work with because self-doubt offers us the skill of inquiry. When we doubt, we start to ask mm. questions. And in, yes. from my perspective, we should always be asking questions. Like that's one of my favorite things to do is just like, yeah. huh, I don't know. Is this still what I should be doing? Is this where I should yeah. go? I don't know. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So self-doubt really invites us into that and it always offers us that reflection, but it's about mm. having clarity about, okay, is this self-doubt really trying to show me something else? Or is this just a mm. point where I'm just really just doubting myself and I just need to anchor in and, and clarify. So basically for people, I help really clarify that for them. So they understand what their intuition really feels like and how mm-hmm. to have conviction, which really comes from self-love. Wow. So I I don't think I've ever heard someone say that conviction comes from self-love. I don't think I've ever heard that because usually, you know, when we think about conviction, um, I think sometimes, and you can, of course, you know, th- that's why I have you up here because we can have a, you know, differing opinions and we can mm-hmm. discuss about it. But sometimes I feel like we confuse conviction and condemnation. You know, like, I feel like we, we, and, and of course convictions can mean beliefs. And then it can also mean like, you know, when you feel convicted about something, you know, I, yes, I just use the word to define a word. So for, for my fellow <laughs> colleagues who are <laughs> my colleagues who are language teachers, don't come for me today. Okay. <laughs> don't be like, did you really do that? Cause we get on our students all the time about that, but, um, pass. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so sometimes I feel like, um, I feel like in this context, it's okay because we're talking about conviction and and self-love, but I feel like sometimes we, it's like we confuse conviction and condemnation, which Mm -hmm. condemnation is not any type of, I feel like it's no type of love and condemnation. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a lot of judgment. You beat yourself Mm -hmm. up, you beat others up, you know, very, Mm -hmm. like I said, a lot of judgment. So Mm -hmm. when you say that like, you know, there's conviction, which is, you know, Mm self-love. How did you come to that? Because I've literally never heard that before. Mm. Yeah. I think of conviction as the conviction of self, right? Mm. That the conviction of I am, I am the creator, I am love. So the deep conviction that that statement is true. Mm, Okay. So in this case, conviction is the belief, right? It's not... Yes. Okay, it's not like the like the punishment and things. Like yes, that. yes. Because interesting. Like, yeah, it's interesting to me when I look up words because sometimes in in English <laughs> we will define one word two very different ways. <laughs> two very different. <laughs> and let me tell you, for non English speakers, for like English, uh, for ESL uh, ESL mm-hmm. students and clients, mm-hmm. they are so confused. They hate it. They're like, "Why does your words like? Why do your words have multiple meanings? Why can't they just have one? Like our country?" And I'm just like. Hey, we take one word and we, we want to make it mean like, you know, 10 different things. But so I get it. Okay. So yeah. 
I think the way we were defining conviction was were separate. You know, you were right. well, you were defining it as belief, and yes. I was defining it more as a um. It's like I don't want to say a punishment, but mm-hmm. it it doesn't necessarily have like a positive connotation like mm-hmm. the belief does. So yes, that's yes. okay. Very yeah, interesting. You on that. Uh huh. Very. Yeah. So we can think of it as like belief in self. Yes. That'd be another okay. way of like yeah, re- rewording that. So when we believe yeah. in ourselves, when we believe in ourselves as pure love, as creation, mm-hmm. right? As okay. a creator, then mm-hmm. we have that ability to have clarity of life. Okay. And have you, you know, do you ever have experiences with, with your clients where it's just hard for them to get to that point? to where they do have that clarity of life and you 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 notice that maybe you got to work with them a little bit harder? No, usually it's so easy okay. because people it's amazing, you know, people say like, "Well, I just don't yeah. I just don't know." But as soon as I start to work with them, they're like, "Well, actually, yeah, you're right. I do know." You know, they know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just that reflection for them. I'm just a constant reflection and that reminder and, and mm. through that reflection of me, they just deepen into that and then they can really because intuition has a, a clarity to it. It has yes. the, the energy that comes with it is very, very clear. It's not emotional. Okay. Like that's one of the biggest things I teach is intuition is not emotion. And mm. so it's this clarity. And so once they start to feel that and feel that clarity and have me validating them, then they really just, it's just like learning a new skill, right? They really start to understand and kind of master that. It's really okay. quick actually. So your, your clients, do you ever work with, you know, um, executives or management or leaders mm-hmm. or are they, you know, mostly not in leadership position? Do you ever work with leaders, um, in terms of wh- what, you know, what you do? Yeah. Usually my clients are what I call intellect intuitives. So they're okay. very intellectual, they're lawyers, they're executives or higher level people, but that like have that spiritual side to them or that intuitive mm-hmm. side to them, but it's not something that they really talk about or like tell people about. It's just kind of something yeah. they are. But no, they're okay. mostly intellectual. Yeah, very. Um, I work with a lot of um, women of excellence, is what I call them. <laughs> I like that. Women of excellence. I like that. I guess for you, you're you're working with you know leaders now, but you have your own experiences, of course, in leadership roles. What what was your greatest challenge um, in in your leadership roles that you've had? You know, either before or even now. I've always been a leader, but I wouldn't say I was always a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> The honesty, people. We are here for the honesty. You are now a friend of the Leaders Lab because we love honesty. We love authenticity and transparency. So thank you for that. Because I know I know there are those of us who are listening right now who we could say the exact same thing. I was a little rusty as I was a terrible leader in the beginning. <laughs> terrible. I had no patience. I had short, I was short tempered. Mm-hmm. I thought everything had to be my way. That's what I thought a leader was instead, but it was really a dictator. And I just, I didn't know best how to connect with people yeah. uh, or communicate with them. I knew how to command, yes. but not connect, you know? So I'm so glad that you said that because now we, now we trust you here in the <laughs> Now now we can cozy up to each other because you just told us you were not the best. So tell tell us about, you know, that. Tell us about how you, you know, maybe some of the bad parts of the leadership uh, roles that you have or not being a good leader. And how did you transition? How did you evolve into becoming a more effective leader? Yeah, definitely kind of what you said. A lot of times I would just 
I would do things on my own because I didn't know how to communicate effectively. And I didn't really know how to see other people. Really, yeah. the core of it for me was I made it all about me. <laughs> like, Ooh. well, I'm the leader. Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why do we do that? <laughs> why, why do we do that? I mean, where is where do we get this, you know, this idea um, that that being in leadership means you know, it's strictly authoritative, like, you know, or dictatorial and you have to do what I say. Where do we get this from? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was definitely ego. You know, it was, it was my ego. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she went there. (laughs) I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be recognized. I wanted it, you know? So I was going to put myself up there if nobody else was. You are too honest for us today. Oh my goodness. I love it. It's the ego. Yeah. Wow. I was really looking for us to like shift the blame on somebody like society <laughs> and all of that. And she just she just bypassed all of that. She was like, no, it was my ego. Like, and if we think about it, that's what it is. Wow. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off because I, I really I was like, well, who was the example that we saw? And she's like <laughs> It's really funny you say that because I was actually going to say, first I was going to say, well, it's society, you know, and then I heard my little (laughs) higher self say, no, it was your ego. (laughs) Be honest. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. Continue on. Continue on. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, many years and specifically I would say with women was probably my biggest challenge. And um, Mm. it wasn't until I started making it about them that wow. it started to really work, you know, in an effective way. And I feel like I'm still definitely, you know, just getting better and better at that every day. Interesting. So then over time, ha- has it improved for you? You know, your your the way that you lead, um, do you, is it because you're picking up like, you know, characteristics and traits along the way, or you're seeing other examples, or is it because you just, you're feeling the emotional needs or the, you know, maybe the spiritual needs, the psychological needs of those who you are leading, who you are working with. And, you know, is it because when you feel them, you're like, oh, if I were them, I would want to be led, you know, this way, X, Y, Z, or is it just, you know, how how is this um, progression taking place for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm what's called, you know, a shadow worker. So I am always looking for my own limiting beliefs that really Mm. keep me small, keep me derailed, keep me unaligned, keep me. So I've spent years and years self-reflection. So I'm always asking myself, what am I not seeing? You know, where am I Mm -hmm. delusionary? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What what do I need to see in my, so uh, it's all been self-reflection and really the, the, deep roots of those beliefs and where they come from. Right. And and it was all really about self-love, right. Mm. And not feeling self-love and not feeling loved by basically my mother. And so I honestly, I really yearned for women to see me. I yearned so badly for it. So again, I would like try to put myself up on this pedestal so that they would see me. So as I just was able to really turn inward and see that about myself and start to love and heal those parts of myself, then Mm -hmm. I stopped needing to put myself up there and I was able to start lifting them up there instead. Are y'all, I mean, are y'all as into this whole like 
honesty and transparency moment as I am because I mean she is legit telling us like because you don't hear most people talking like that you know you don't hear most people saying no this was the problem with a a a, a female leader figure mom mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that that caused me to desire attention the love you know all of that from mm-hmm. other fem- just women in general you know mm-hmm. at, you know to maybe kind of fill that void or, or whatever it was and mm-hmm. i mean no wonder why you are effective if you are mm-hmm. talking to your clients like this mm-hmm. being you know showing them the vulnerable side oh let's talk about vulnerability mm-hmm. my dear oh my goodness let me tell you being vulnerable is something that i um i had to learn was not a weakness. And I'm going to be honest with you that it is easier for me now to be vulnerable, but it's not as easy to, when I select who to be vulnerable with, Hmm. does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Because like some people, you know, you could just pick up, you know, you could just pick up on whatever vibe they have, their energy, the spirit, you know, the soul, whatever you could pick up on it. And you're like, okay, you seem like someone that I could connect with, that I can be able to share, you know, this vulnerable uh, space that I'm in and it not be used against me. Um, it not be used to, you know, uh, belittle me or, you know, to demote me or anything or to make me seem like, you know, I'm not still hu- the leader that I am today. If I'm vulnerable with you, there are some people who, for me, because of discernment, like I can just tell, I'm like, mm-hmm. You're somebody I feel like I could be able to trust with this. And then there are those where I'm like, "Mm -mm, (laughs) you could trust me because I'm not going to say anything about it, you know, and I would be able to to give you feedback and and to, you know, help hopefully give you some words of wisdom and advice. But um, you wouldn't be able to handle the the level of of deep vulnerability that I would be able to share with you because it would be too heavy. Do you think I'm wrong in that? Like or or. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think we all <laughs> go through that for sure. You know, I, I have a little wow. bit of a kind of a different definition of vulnerability, like that I like to bring in because, because okay. of um, I had struggled with vulnerability so hard. I mean, I'm part of this whole part, this process of me of putting myself on a pedestal was I would never show anybody any kind of weakness. You know, I had this really Mm. confident outer shell. And if I ever went through any trouble, I would go through, you know, that trouble in myself. And then I would expose Mm -hmm. it to my friends after I got through it. Wow. Never during it. Never, ever during it. And so vulnerability to me was just like not even in my book. And um So, and even, even as I started doing this work, I was like, why would anybody want to hear, you know, my process? You know, I don't need (laughs) to like share it all out there with everybody. (laughs) And, um, but, but then I started to, because you know, that my, the little messages that I get, (laughs) darn those messages, they're always right. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, so I started doing it and it, it, it really cracked me open, but, um, Vulnerability to me is really about opening up ourselves Mm. because what we do as little kids, you know, when we're really little, we, we, we get taught that there's basically this part of ourselves that like, isn't okay. That like who that person is, is not Mm -hmm. okay. It's not accepted. It's too loud. It's too whatever, right. Too playful, too creative, 
maybe too mm -hmm. shy, whatever it is, it's too something. So it's yeah. like, we push this part of ourselves away and we are so scared to expose that because we learned as a little kid that, Hey, if we expose that, that's not okay. We get told that, you know, that's not okay. We're misbehaving mm -hmm. or, you know, it's mm -hmm. not accepted. So wow. when we become vulnerable with ourselves, we actually deepen into this really powerful space. And as leaders, I just get a total bliss lit right now bringing this <laughs> to all of you guys, because if you're a leader, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're a leader, accessing this power in yourself is it's, it's that inexhaustible space. It's the inexhaustible space of creativity, of creative energy of what I call Shakti, right? Mm. It's our potential. Okay. Opening up to vulnerability actually opens up to our, us, to our own potential, which is unlimited. But mm -hmm. because we haven't been taught that because we think, okay, who I am is not safe. We, we literally like kink the hose. And then we kind of like unkink it every so often, <laughs> get little like <laughs> spurts of creative energy. <laughs> mm -hmm. But if we just are able to just fully open up to ourselves first and foremost, because that's really mm -hmm. who it is. It's about like looking to that little girl or that little boy and saying like, oh my God, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. That's vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Then we just bl blast open our creative potentiality. And then it starts to roll over into other people, but it's really not about the other people. It's really about our own inner child. So when you are vulnerable with others and you're sharing your journey, your process, do you find that it then becomes easier for them to share theirs with you? Or is there still like a bit of reluctance to completely open up to you? I don't really have any problem with people opening up to me. So that's probably the reason why, whereas before I... Definitely. And you know, people did not feel like they could speak to me, but I don't really pay attention to that per se, you know, because I'm just okay. there for other people. So what comes okay. to me and, and the game that I play is just really like, what does this pe person need to hear in this moment that's going to help them? But now that you say that, yes, it most definitely helps people. It just, it makes them feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. That I think, that, person, I think right? that's the thing. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think like that, vulnerability from the person that, you know, that you're looking to be vulnerable with that on account of their vulnerability, it just, it makes you that more open to sharing with them. Now I could be wrong. Um, I could be because, you know, I guess each person is different and it also could depend on your level of trauma or, you know, issue or whatever, you know, I get that. I feel like, like, vulnerability begets like vulnerability, you know, like one creates the, the opportunity for another to be openly shared. Yeah. Well, it's part of our sacral chakra, which are, that chakra is like two inches below our belly button. And that chakra is okay. all about connection and also the inner child. And so again, when that chakra is open, what actually happens is we enter into deeper intimate connection. And I don't just mean, of course, sexually, but like deeper friendships, deeper intimate space with each other. And there's mm -hmm. also, a, again, a sense of like security, that chakra is about security. So I completely agree with you. It, it opens us up to have a deeper connection with others. So can you, now I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask a question because I'm, I'm actually not aware of this. Like I, you know, I, I, um, even though I've lived in China, uh, and I think it's actually probably a totally different religion, but I've lived in China. So I know, you know, I know a bit about 
uh, Buddhism and I know a bit about, you know, uh, Confucianism. Um, mm-hmm. But as, uh, you know, as a Christian myself, I don't fully know. Actually, I, I've heard of the word chakra, but I don't know anything about it. So when you say our chakras, like, what is that? Are those just like physical points in the body or something? Or is it like, does it have like a spiritual connotation? What What is that? Yeah, kind of both, actually. That's a great question. They're they're energy okay. centers, but they actually have physiological like uh, correspondence. So for instance, the solar plexus chakra is here, and there's a massive network of uh, your neurological system right there, your nervous system, sorry. So there's, a, there's like a, a meeting point of nerves that come together at that chakra. So mm-hmm. it's both energetic and physiological. Interesting. Now I'm asking these questions because... I have, you know, I have a mixture of people who who watch, who watch my uh, who who tune in, um, and I, I want to, for for the sake of my, you know, my kingdom believers, I want to make sure that they're not like, what in the world is a chakra? You know, what she who she got on her show, things like that, and it's not like that. For me, I like having conversations like this with with uh, leaders from other backgrounds because how else can you become knowledgeable? How else can you become knowledgeable if you continue to live in ignorance or if you are, you know, if you are, you know, adamant about just not learning more about things, you know, um, I do I want to say ignorance is not bliss, first of all. Mm-mm. OK, let's just throw that out there. <laughs> ignorance is totally not bliss um, because Mm-mm. even, you know, even biblically, it says that my people perish for the lack of knowledge. So mm-hmm. if you're not going to if if I don't ask you questions. Uh, how am I going to know the answer, especially if I'm not going to go search for myself? Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about chakras, um, is, you know, so I know you said it's both physiological and, and um, I guess, spiritual as well, like physiological plus spiritual and energetic, yeah. physiological and, and energetic. Okay. Yeah. And energetic. Yeah. So how, how, how do chakras, um, how do they impact us? You know, like what's, what's the impact that, that they have on us, or do we have an impact on them? Um, I mean, they impact us a lot because they're connected to different kind of areas of our being. And so there's a lot of different information in there. So like I was saying, the sacral chakra is, is right here and you're right below your belly button. And it's, it's the chakra that governs your, your connection. And of course your, your sexual energy and your sexual connection, but also just your, your connection to other people. It's also mm. the chakra of what we call our inner child, which is represented by our early childhood. Okay. And what that means is unless you had a really safe early childhood, and I mean like really aware parents who were really emotionally intelligent and they were able to really help you with your emotions, most mm-hmm. likely you shut a lot of that energy down, which the vast majority of people have. And therefore your ability to really connect with people is not fully open. Mm, okay. And okay. your ability to be emotionally intelligent is also not fully developed. So that's just one example of, I mean, there's so much information. They have all this information in them and they really govern how energy moves through our body and how we really, how we see and perceive our reality. Mm, okay. Okay. I thank you for answering that question because I was really just like, let me find out a little bit more, you know, let me just ask her from her standpoint, yes. from her, because this is something that you, um, is this something that you incorporate 
in your classes or in your sessions with your, with your students or clients? Yeah, for me, chakras were something I just got again, taught by my higher self, just in session. Most of my learning has come in experience. It's not Mm -hmm. something that I like studied in school. And it's one of those things that I will always, my awareness is just always drawn to people's chakras because again, all of the information is, is there about Again, they're limiting beliefs and the things that they're holding on to. When you think, when you hear like blocked energy or limiting beliefs, that's, we hold Mm -hmm. those in our chakras. So yeah, I'm always aware of people's chakra centers. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. So coming back to the concept of, of being a leader, being a leader, whether you felt like you were a good one and an effective one or not, (laughs) what do you feel makes a good leader? Again, I think it's really about the people that you're trying to lead when Mm, you can really see them and see, because everybody has, in my opinion, everybody is a genius. Everybody has their Mm. unique brilliance that is absolutely unique to them. So if you can recognize what somebody is just innately good at, Mm -hmm. what, what lights them up, what they like to do and what they're good at, then you can put them in a place that they can shine. And when you have people that you are leading, that they're all shining. Wow. Mm. What do you feel makes a bad leader? Arrogance. (laughs) Ignorance. (laughs) That's the ego again. Arrogance and ignorance. The one that's on the pedestal. (laughs) Ah. Okay. 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 That was, I mean, that was a quick shotgun right there. (laughs) It's just like, no, it's arrogance, ignorance. Yeah. I don't want to ask you, do you see leadership changing in the future? Um, I think it would be because leadership is always going to change, I think. But I, I guess a better question would be how, you know, how do you see leadership changing in, in the future? Yeah, I really see us really moving into this space where, again, where we are all really being seen as, I wouldn't say equal, because you're always going to have a leader, right? Like you're always, there's always going to be somebody who's like channeling the energy, basically the creative force, but Mm. it's going to be different as like, this is the, like where you were saying, like the dictator or the person that dictates, it's more like, how do we collaborate And then the one person is kind of like driving the whole show, but it's more of a collaboration and more of a working together than a one person on the top. Okay. I mean, we've been running through this. Like, I know it's only about maybe 30 minutes into this, but we've been really running into, uh, well, you know, running through this whole uh, episode with, uh, with such clarity. I mean, your answers have been very clear, you know, I mean, so I'm just like, wow. Okay. She knows Mm. she has her stuff together. Um, and so even though we are, you know, we're coming towards the end, um, of, of the questions that I do have for you, um, I do want to ask now, this isn't exactly like the question that I just asked you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do ask this question to every single guest who comes on the show. Mm-hmm. What is one characteristic? Okay. Just one that you believe every leader, no matter the industry, no matter the generation, like the age, no matter the background, what is the one characteristic, the one, okay, that you believe every leader must have? That's so hard to bring it down to one. It got to um, be one. <laughs> I, the first one that came to mind was compassion, wow. which was another one that I would say I didn't have a lot of. <laughs> 
you're, you're so honest. <laughs> you're just so honest with us. But again, you know, it's, it's compassion for others and what they're going through. Each one of us has our own unique journey. And sometimes yeah. we can get really caught up in our own. And as a leader, you know, when we have things that need to get done or we're trying to accomplish thing, or even if we're just trying to like rile everybody up and get everybody going, you know, but one person is just really struggling or they're going through something yeah. very intimate in their life, you know, yeah, yeah. the ability to be able to really connect to that and feel them, you know, feel where they are and understand where they are emotionally, mm. where they are in their life, um, you know, which is kind of like empathy, but just have that compassion for where everybody is and, and who they are, I think is really important. Okay. If someone, so tell us about your your practice, like your services, your practice, like what you do. Yeah. So I work a lot of times one-on-one with people, um, for just really, I'm all about radical transformation. I really like to see people really, really shift. Um, I'm Mm. a powerhouse when it comes to helping people really be able to see themselves and shift into their best version of them. Self. Mm-hmm. So usually that's in a one-on-one container, but I also work in small groups and okay. basically it's really like, wh- you know, what is this person trying to accomplish? And that can be very, very vague or very, very specific. And yeah. I have this magical ability to be able to really unlock people and their potential and really align them to that, that intention and make that intention manifest. So it's really, for me, it's about really, again, like I help people activate their brilliance within themselves and brilliance that people don't even realize that they have, even though they might say, Oh, I'm doing good. Or I'm, you know, like we have so much innate brilliance within us. So I really help people to energetically unlock that and then know how to bring that into their reality and work with themselves and really understand themselves. And like I said, like the limiting beliefs and all of that, be able to acknowledge that in themselves, be able to acknowledge their intuition. And Mm -hmm. my whole objective is that my clients don't need me anymore. Um, some of my clients mm-hmm. call me like their pocket pal <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Have me in their pocket. Um, but objective, like I, I, my objective is that they, they can really go out on their own and they can feel like they can ask themselves questions. They can hear their intuition. They know what action to take. And with each step, they're just simply bringing out more and more of their unique brilliance into their reality to, you know, really create their legacy of work, whatever it is wow. that they're here to do do that's powerful, potent, and usually quite extravagant. (laughs) Wow. 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 Okay. So how can the people get in contact with you if they are interested in learning more? Yeah, definitely. My website is uh, a great place larsage.com. And then on my YouTube channel, I have a lot of free content. So it's just a great place to go to kind of learn more about how I teach and also just what I teach. There's a lot of information there. Excellent. Okay. And then also for those of you who are not watching the video version of the podcast um, and you're just listening to the audio version, there is uh, her email address is also up there, which is info at um, alarasage.com. And of course, you know, you can also just check the show notes and the description box below um, and all of her links and everything where you can connect with her and find out more information about her will be in the down there in that section below. So Alara, is there anything else that you would like to say to our, um, to our audience today about, you know, being a more authentic leader, transparent leader, um, or, you know, uh, being vulnerable, anything, any, anything that you would like to just leave them with? 
Yeah. I mean, just definitely it's a little off, off our topic, but, but as a leader, I, you know, it's, I think it's just really important that we acknowledge ourselves and Mm. that we're able to look in the mirror and just even cast a smile at ourselves or laugh at ourselves. I constantly Mm. laugh at myself like (laughs) all day long, every day I am like getting a kick out of myself because like, if we can't laugh at ourselves, you know, what can we laugh at? So yeah. So important to be able to see ourselves as the leader and like love ourselves for that leadership that we have so naturally. And at the same time, just laugh at ourselves and not take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And for those of you who know me, you know, I laugh at myself quite often because I am funny. Okay. <laughs> like if you, if you're around yourself and you don't enjoy being like by yourself with yourself, then I, you know, I'm, I do, I feel, I do feel sorry for you a little bit in, in, in a, you know, not in a, oh, woe is me type of way. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just when you get to a point and it could be because, you know, I'm in my thirties and I'm at a place where I'm like in my twenties. Yes. I wanted to be around people. I loved to be like the life of the party, all of that. And occasionally in my thirties, I will host get togethers. Notice I said host, (laughs) I will host them or attend them. Um, just as long as I have the power to leave at will. (laughs) Um, okay. Let's just put that in there. As long as I have the the power to leave at will, sure. I'll come for a little bit. I'll stop by, support you. Um, but I love, love, love being with myself. And I laugh quite often. Um, I, I'm in agreement with Alara. Like, you know, I feel like laughter definitely is medicine, but I think it's the, for me, it's the key component in making sure that I keep my sanity. Um, cause it's, we live in a world where so many things can throw us off course. So many things can, um, can cause us to be depressed, stressed out, you know, disappointed, um, all of these things. And I just decided that at some point throughout the day, I need to laugh at least once. Mm -hmm. If I have not laughed at least once during the day, I need to check myself. Did I Mm -hmm. make myself laugh? You know, did, did I watch something that made me laugh? Whatever it is, because that is introducing a bit of positivity, you know, in, in a space where we always have that negative self-talk, you know, that inner critic. Um, and I just, I want to, do something to, to introduce a bit of positivity in there. So um, I love that you just said that about, you know, being able to make yourself laugh and all those things. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. <laughs> so I do want to say um, for those of you who have been, you know, tuning into this episode, I hope that you really got something. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we have. And, and um, you have the ways to connect with Alara. And Laura, I just want to say thank you so much for for being with us on today. I really do appreciate it. And I appreciate the um, the level of insight that you brought to the episode and, and the level of knowledge that you have. I really appreciate it all. Mm, it's really been a pleasure being here. I really love your joyous spirit as well. You see that? You see? She loves my joyous spirit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And we both have red hair. I don't know if you can see my red hair, but we both have red hair. No, I see it. I see it. And and I, I think yours is, you know, well, mine mine is a natural. Mine is dyed and, and also bought, but yours is probably a bit more. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Mine is bought. Mine is mine is bought. Oh yeah. We are. We're soul sisters. <laughs> then <laughs> i love it for those of you who are like listening to the audio version you're like oh my god i gotta see it don't worry 
check out the show notes and you can click on the link for the YouTube version of this and you can come and see how beautiful she is just inside <laughs> and out. And you can see our red hair. <laughs> you can see our red hair. Listen, I want to say thank you so much to everyone who has tuned in today um, to this you know, very special episode this week. You continue to rock with us in the Leaders Lab every single week. And I don't take it lightly. You know, you could be listening to anybody, you know, you could be listening to someone else, but you decided to tune in. And I want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you. Um, You are the reason why I am consistent. You are the reason why I keep showing up every single week, why I make sacrifices every single week to be with you because you are with me. And I when I tell you I don't take it lightly, I'm not about to get emotional because I feel like I'm about to get emotional with it, but I'm not. But I don't take it lightly. Um, you're the reason why I started the podcast. You're the reason why I continue. And I'm I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Whether you are listening or whether you're watching live, thank you for showing up for me. Thank you for showing up for my guests. Thank you for you know connecting with them and for supporting them. Thank you. Because this is not easy. What we do, people think like just showing up all the time. Oh, it's easy. No, it is not. It is not. There are so so many sacrifices that we make, but I will tell you that every sacrifice that I've made for this podcast is so worth it because of you. So thank you so much for that. And if you haven't connected with me already on social media, you can find me everywhere at Dr. Charity TV. Don't forget that you can also subscribe to the Leaders Lab podcast. Download today's episode, rate, comment, share. And if you're watching the video version and if you haven't subscribed to the Dr. Charity TV YouTube channel yet, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and subscribe. Let's become familia. Let's become family, okay? Go ahead and subscribe and don't forget to hit that like button and share. Whether audio or video, share because you are one of the vehicles that's going to help us to continue to reach millennial entre leaders all across the globe. So from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, I say, I love you. I appreciate you. And I look forward to seeing you next week in the lab. Thank you for listening to the Leaders Lab podcast. Visit our website at www.drcharitytv.com. And follow us on all social media platforms with at Dr. Charity TV.